Hi, and welcome to the Stripology Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy, experienced dancer, mindset and strategy coach, and founder of the Industry Academy. This industry completely transformed my life, and I've coached hundreds of women to do the same. Through my signature framework of sales, mindset, and confidence, I help dancers of all experience levels who are inspired to master their craft and maximize their income. In this podcast, I will share with you my personal journey and the skills I learned that helped me to lift my financial ceiling, cultivate confidence, and quadruple my income on a consistent basis. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into it. If I asked you to dance. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Stropology podcast. I'm your host, Wendy, and thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you so much. I hope you're having a beautiful week as well. Um, So today is going to be a little bit of storytelling time. Um, And before I get into the story, I want to just note a couple of things that are coming up um, for you guys. So the first one is a free workshop. So this is going to be a whole lot of fun. This is on the back end, as I said last week, of the Art of Persuasion workshop. We're going to go a little bit deeper. This is about those difficult customers. So this is all about turning those non-spenders into big spenders because they all have that potential. We just need to find it in them. (laughs) And another little thing that I want to point out is that the Industry Academy Round 6, the final round that is going to be in this format is starting soon. The wait list is closing in one week. So that's today. (laughs) So just under a week um, by the time this podcast comes out. So it closes on the 30th of May. And jump on there if you feel like the Industry Academy is for you. If you're on the wait list, you receive the discount. So you get $222 off just by being on the wait list. So make sure to jump onto that. Um, And also I invite you, if you're new to this and you're like, what the hell is she talking about? Um, The Industry Academy is my three-month program where we cover a huge amount of content. Um, It receives fantastic feedback and this round, I'm so excited. It has um, already got record amounts signed up and we haven't even started the launch process properly yet. So make sure you're on the wait list if you want to join. And if you want to read more, jump on my Instagram. There are so many reviews. There's um, a whole lot of information on there. And if you want to reach out and speak to me personally, then I'm completely here for that. If you want to find out more about whether or not it's for you, how it's going to support you, what's involved, um, then send me a DM and we can set up a time to have a call um, or just have a discussion over the DMs and see if you're a good fit, see if it's something that will support you in your journey in this industry. Um, because it is such a journey and that is what I want to talk about today. So like I said at the start, this is a bit of storytelling time 
And I've spoken on this topic before. It's um, your money story. So I've looked at it from a way that like, you know, different angles and we also work on it in the industry academy, but our money story really affects the way that we receive and retain money. It affects so many little tiny nuances within our hustle process and the way that we, you know, sell and the way that we feel when we're selling. So it's such an important topic to get into. And today we're going to go a little layer deeper, (laughs) which I love to do. And we're going to look at not just like our own money story, but the money story of our parents, because that is what is modeled to us. And that is really important to be aware of. Um, In my own personal journey, you know, I love personal development and I love doing all different, you know, angles and modalities or whatever to help myself understand myself more because I find that that really helps me in the club um, and, you know, everything I do to just understand um, why I do it and why it makes me feel the way that I feel and all of those things because, you know, the beautiful thing about stripping is that we have the opportunity to learn so much about ourselves on all different angles. And so we are the product that we're selling. And so, you know, in any sales situation, we want to know all about the product so we can be confident with whatever we're selling, right? And um, so I just want to point out a few things that we might hear when it's pointing towards our money story in the club. For example, like from our customers, for example, you know, what am I going to get? Is this going to be worth it? All of those things, that's all pointing towards, okay, how do you feel deeply about yourself and how do you feel about the money that you're about to receive? Or how do you feel about your customer's confidence in you, right? And receiving the money that they're tossing up whether or not they're wanting to spend on you so it all does have a place in the hustle um but this is definitely going a layer deeper so today we're going to look at you know our parents money stories and I want to just do a little story time um I do to be honest feel a little nervous about this because it's you know um my personal story And like I've mentioned before, you know, this podcast took me around two years to feel um, brave enough, I guess you could say, to actually put out there for your ears to hear. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm so grateful for you being here and let's do it. Let's get stretchy. Let's get a little bit, you know, open. That's what I'm all about. Normally it's in a personal interaction, but right now I'm looking at my own face (laughs) in the computer and um, I'm going to just talk to your ears. So my personal uh, modelling around money had a really, really different, you know, um, two very different examples from my parents. And I feel like I cherry-picked from both of them and I'm so grateful, to be honest, that I had such a vast 
range of examples given to me because as you're about to hear, they are polar opposites um, and I'm grateful for that. You know, it it has created difficulties um, and, you know, being so into personal development and learning about myself, um, it's really helped me to see how I did cherry pick from both and excuse me my throat choked up what does that mean anyway you know and yeah just seeing it for what it is and seeing you know a bit more clarity there's still a lot more work to do but I really strongly um appreciate you know the work that I've done around my money story because I know it helped me to open up to receiving um, more abundantly and retaining my money also more responsibly. And so I think that's so important in our industry to have those elements um, because, you know, the money can come quick and fast and it can also go quick and fast, you know. So it's really important to look at the patterning and sometimes it's not just our own patterning, it's what was modelled to us, right. So I'm going to start with my dad my dad is an extremely unique character, um, really wild, really unpredictable, <laughs> um, but at the same time, extremely intelligent. He was a vet, so an animal doctor, not a Vietnam vet. He was a, a veterinary surgeon. Um and, you know, he was pushed into doing medicine by, um, you know, my Baba and Dodo. My family background is Ukrainian. They survived the Holocaust and they uh, ended up in Australia. That's a whole other story in itself. Um, but my Baba was very um, into pushing, you know, um, those high-achieving kind of, you know, whatever, um, careers. And so my dad studied veterin veterinary, yeah, veterinary, whatever, been a doctor. <laughs> and um, he loved it. He loves animals. Um, but there was a massive plot twist in the whole situation. And before I was born, he was in a huge car accident in London. And so a truck ran into a little lorry van thing that he was asleep in the back of. And he was propelled through the windscreen and he ended up in intensive care for about six weeks. At the same time, my mum was having some difficulties with my two older brothers, um, I think, being discovered by, you know, child services, um, living in a squat, you know, having to come back to Australia, Australia really quickly. It was a shit situation and so my dad was in intensive care on his own and it turned out that he um, developed an aneurysm in his carotid artery um, which me meant that he was no longer fit to be a vet because if an animal randomly kicked him, which can happen to vets, he did a lot of um, like pregnancy work with cattle and different just all different things like vets do with all different animals but it was deemed that he couldn't work in that um 
profession anymore. That's what I was looking for before, profession. So he had, you know, a legal case on his hands where he was told he could no longer be a vet and um, blah, blah, blah. He had some lawyers that, you know, offered him apparently some pissy amount of money to, you know, because of the accident. That wasn't his fault. And it was basically an amount that was, like, not fair or not reasonable and he went and found some lawyers that at the end of the day sued the other lawyers for a loss of a chance to compensate due to their negligence because they just weren't doing a good job. This is a really complicated court case and this carried on for the majority of my life. So like I said, this happened before I was born And my dad was on the invalid pension uh, as I grew up. My mum was his carer for a time, um, but then she went into childcare. So my mum, anyway, in the past was a teacher. So now flipping to my mum's money story and my mum's background, my mum's a primary school teacher and she went back to work and she had to do basically everything because, you know, even mowing the lawn, if my dad was seen doing things that, you know, I don't know, this was the story anyway, that showed that he was capable (laughs) to do even with his injury, he always worried that it would conflict with his court case that was ongoing because it was happening in London. He had to fly back there a lot and that's why essentially he ended up living in Switzerland. Not why, but that's that's kind of part of the path to him ending up moving to Switzerland when I was seven. And then I was living at home, you know, with my older brothers um, and my mum. And, you know, my dad was on an invalid pension. It's the only pension from Australia back in the time where you could live abroad and um, still receive it. So he was doing that. Um, my mom was, you know, a sole parent with three kids, um, you know, no support um, on a on a single wage of being a primary school teacher. So money was really, really tight. And my mom managed to squirrel away when she could $30 a week. Um, that was what she could afford when she could and eventually through time she saved for her first house deposit when she was I think just in her 50s. So back to my dad, he was doing his thing in Switzerland. I think he did a few other things to get by. He was living as a, I guess, essentially an alien in Switzerland for, you know, over 20 years or more um, under the radar and, you know, married my stepmom who was 25 years younger than him. So she was like 23 and he was 48. And he was basically living a life, doing what he wanted, you know, smoking weed, partying, all the things um gorgeous woman with my stepmom you know um I imagine having a really good time and not really being a responsible parent at all um and you know that was really hard for me um 
his way of showing love was sending an extravagant gift every birthday for me, which, you know, I loved because that was my way of receiving love from my dad who was absent essentially. So really getting accustomed to receiving. He was into jewellery and art and that's what he dealt with. So he sort of lives like a pirate, lives really erratically and really simply but is surrounded by um, beautiful things basically. So that was an interesting message for me to receive as a young child and being really open and willing to accept these extravagant pieces of jewellery that meant the world to me. They still do. And, you know, that that does contribute to my money story. And then flipping back to my mum that lived, you know, she lived so simply and cooking everything from scratch and really, you know, being careful with money and I'm forever grateful you know for being able to do gymnastics and 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 be into sport I know that that's not cheap and she always prioritized my brothers and I and our interests and all of that so much support there so much love there so these two really contrasting models that I'm viewing and then fast forwarding a little bit um, after a long time through the court system, I watched my dad have the time of his life but never give up. He never gave up on this court case that was so twisted and complex and it's like he enjoyed the ride, you know. Um, so eventually in 2007 he ended up winning this court case and it basically shut down the original lawyers that were being negligent because he was awarded um, in the millions of pounds and their, I think that was their limit with their insurance or whatever so that, you know, anyway, essentially that's what happened. So he in 2007 was yeah, awarded for, you know, his um, loss of wages for an entire lifetime from the accident in the early 80s until in the future when his retirement age would be. And I'm so happy for him. That's so incredible. But, again, witnessing that, witnessing him enjoying the ride with no guarantees but still going for it and then having this incredible outcome is just so amazing, right? It's just really unheard of. His court case set a precedent because actually at the end they, um, uh, like, what do you call it? <laughs> I'm just thinking was like analysed or reviewed, but they, they did like a medical review and the aneurysm that was in question had actually self-healed so he didn't still have the injury that was in question from not being able to work and that was never heard of before. So it set a new law and because he wasn't aware, because going back to the original advice from the doctors uh, saying that he couldn't work, 
it was still valid. So incredibly, even though it healed and technically he could have worked as a vet, um, who was to know until he was uh, assessed, until he was assessed and he was deemed fit for work, but <laughs> too late. So anyway, yeah, he got that money and he didn't actually really want it. So then again, a plot twist, witnessing him not doing anything responsible with his money. Um, he gave it away to many, many strangers <laughs> in strange ways as well. Um, like I said, he loves art, he loves jewellery, he loves antiques, he loves opals, and he would love to go to, say, an artist's exhibition and buy the whole exhibition. And then if someone came to his house and really showed that they liked something because he likes to live in squalor, he likes to live in a whole pile of, joint ash and newspapers and then speckled with, you know, incredible, beautiful things. And if someone would go to his house and be like, wow, that's beautiful, he loved the surprise when he would just give it to them. So he loves supporting artists. He loves surprising strangers. That's what he is all about. And in the mix, um, you know, he gave my brothers and I a Swiss bank account with a card attached with an amount, who knows, in it, and I used it once. So he gave me this card. I had the pin, and I was pretty broke at the time. This was before my stripping days. This was, you know, looking back at my money story, um, I can't even describe or, you know, realise the logic. There's there's a lot of things there, like why I didn't use it more. I used it once to test it. I remember I got out $900. I was with my friend and I mentioned that I had it. And we're like, let's go to the ATM and try it. I put in 900 It came out. I was like, fuck, <laughs> it works. We probably went and bought drugs. <laughs> um and I never used it again. And I think, you know, some things that I can relate to that is just me feeling really hyper-independent. Also with trust issues and also knowing that there's always a catch, you know, like with my dad. So I really didn't want to get involved with, um, you know, he's so fantastic to strangers, but when you're family, there can be a catch, right? So there's so many layers to this, but I'm just talking about the examples I was given and, and the money story there that I took from all of this. So that, knowing that I had that, did really help with my ability to trust money. Looking back, even though I didn't use it, I think the story that was given to me, like my dad did, like this trust in the unknown, this trust that things are going to work out, but if they don't, fuck it, enjoy the ride. And I really strongly feel like I took that message on board more than anything because having a card that could spit out cash at any time kind of kills the ride <laughs> and it kind of gives... It gave me a sense of trust, but it allowed me to also enjoy the ride. 
Now, naturally, like statistically, actually, um, most people that say win the lottery or, you know, like my dad won a big court case, won a big sum of money that, you know, was out of out of uh, his normal patterning. He squandered and did crazy things with that money and, you know, um, basically got rid of it as quickly as he could. <laughs> and um, now to this day he lives really simply. So, you know, that card um, eventually was closed down and so, you know, that happened and that's completely okay with me. Um, but it's crazy to look back at, you know, just the whole process of things and, you know, how he fought but how also he didn't actually want it and there's so many money beliefs there as well. Um, that's just so interesting and I want to flip back to my mum. So her really struggling with money and having that demonstrated to me gave me this really polarising view around money, like it can be really trustworthy and really like just who gives a shit it's going to work out anyway and really money is a struggle and you need to look after every cent if you want to work towards your future and so like I said at the start I'm so grateful that I cherry-picked from both because I really feel like I did and I really feel like if I completely patterned my mum, I probably would have stayed a scientist and 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 felt, you know, satisfied with that and, you know, squirreled my money away and, you know, it was hard not to live week to week as a scientist. Um, but, you know, everything's possible, you know, but it's a slower pace and I really look at things as like the hare and the tortoise and it's funny because my stripper name for such a long time was Bunny like the hare, the rabbit in the race and really that quick cash and that fucking fun times, not giving a shit, trusting everything's going to be okay because whatever I, I, you know, I know I can create whatever in, in a snap of a finger. And then also the tortoise from my mum, understanding that, you know, if we want to build something to the future, we can even if it's at a tortoise's pace, you know, even if it's tiny bit by tiny bit at a time. And then also seeing, fast-forwarding again into the future now, looking at both of my parents and seeing the way that my dad lives and seeing the way that my mum lives and seeing that that groundedness that my mum always has and had through the whole process that appreciation for every small thing, that prioritising the things that you love is so important, you know, and then seeing my dad with like that fast, I mean, there was a long, slow process there, but then there was a real fast process there as well of like a lot of, you know, not planning for the future whatsoever, <laughs> a lot of quick cash. You can see how this relates to our industry. And so, um, yeah, I just want to talk about the way that money is modelled to us, not just our own money story, but it really can impact us and being 
aware of that and really taking a moment to like peel back the layers and see like, you know, what are the stories that we've cherry picked? Because from my really broad array of examples, I could have cherry picked anything from that. Um, But I'm really grateful that I cherry picked, you know, the fast, fun stuff and the the trust that things are going to work out, even if I know they're not. But also cherry picking from my mum, like the carefulness and the planning for the future and the fact that we can do that in a really slow, methodical way because it builds and prioritising what's important to us and really holding value with that, you know, along the way and then looking at my dad with, like, the things that he values so much, beautiful, shiny things and people as well, you know. He always liked to surround himself with young, beautiful women Um And seeing how that can slip through your fingers if you're just not careful, um, you know. So anyway, that's my storytelling for today. And, um, yeah, I hope you found that interesting or relatable in some way and have a little think about what was modelled to you and knowing that it, it does have a weight in the way that we do things but also knowing that we can cherry pick for ourselves the things that serve us, the things that, you know, were modelled in a good way because I could have modelled my mum's struggles and I could have modelled my dad's hole in the pocket, you know, but there was so much more to it. There was so much more to the trust of money. We're in a relationship with money. You know, we can really look at the way that we treat money and get a good idea of what our relationship is with it. So if we don't trust it, you know, like any relationship, it's going to feel pretty shit and it's going to feel pretty fucking scary and annoying and frustrating and angry. But if we have trust in it, and I work a lot, you know, with my clients around um, trust in money, Um, Because like I talk about, you know, um, it's not just making it, it's retaining it. And also when we're wanting to have really successful nights, it's not about focusing on the money, it's focusing on the process and enjoying the process as well. And so I want you to also look at in your life because we all have examples of everything, We really do. So if we have a strong money story of like I don't trust it or like, you know, money's hard to make or whatever it is, have a look at the contrary, like have a look at the opposite of that and search for evidence of the opposite. Like where are times that you thought things were going to be absolutely fucked and it actually worked out and it always can And, you know, have a look at times where, you know, um, yeah, you're you're not trusting it and you absolutely could or times that, you know, um, it can be easily received and easily retained because that's um, really important for our industry. Definitely there's 
there's two sides to abundance and it's not just the receiving, it's also what we do with it and what our relationship is with it. Um, so on that note, I'm going to leave you to it. Um, hope you enjoy this episode. Remember, if you want to be a part of the Industry Academy, uh, we go into so many aspects of stripping. It's not just, you know, sales. It's not just mindset. It's really deep searching into our relationship with ourselves, self-discovery and how it all fits into place. And if you also want to be a part of the free workshop, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, there's so many people that have joined already and there's so many familiar faces, so I can't wait to get into it. And it's going to be a little bit impromptu, but that's how I want it. I want it to be fun. I want it to be really inspiring and also really informative. So that's happening on the 30th of May. Um, and also the waitlist closes on the 30th of May. So make sure you join the waitlist to receive your discount. And if you're wanting to know more, just reach out. I'll talk to you soon.